Hello, I'm Dr. Jesse L. Grice, founder and uh, senior pastor of Truvine Baptist Church. It's my heart as we welcome you. I welcome you, and I praise God uh, that you will get something from it and bless your life. And in Jesus' name, we love you. Amen. Yes, and so we want to praise him. Can't stop praising him for all that he is and all that he does in Christ's name. Amen. So wonderful to be here with you this morning. If you wouldn't mind, would you turn to the Old Testament in Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 8 and verse 10. Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 8, and then verse 10. Either in your Bible or your electronic device, Exodus. Exodus numbers, amen. Exodus 3, 1 through 8, verse 10. If you had Exodus chapter 3, verse 1, would you say amen? Amen, Amen, while others are turning to it, and we begin. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, Do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. And have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up from that land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites, And the Jebusites. Verse 10 Come now, therefore I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. May the Lord add a rich blessing to the hearing and doing of God's holy word. You may take your seats. This is my last sermon on doubt. Our third one is on doubt, and now this is it doubt. An unwillingness to follow God. An unwillingness to follow God. Moses, the revered servant of God, was suddenly struck with doubt. An unwillingness to follow the instructions of the Lord to go into Egypt. Five times God shared with Moses his plan to set free his people from Egyptian slavery. Five times he balked, he hesitated, he stopped short of obeying God. 
In chapter 2 of Exodus, we find Moses defending a fellow Hebrew from an Egyptian. He kills the Egyptian, and to avoid prosecution, Moses flees to the other side of the desert. He flees for his life, and he ends up in Midian on the other side. And 40 years later, he encounters God at the burning bush. But God had a plan for Moses his plan, his people, and Israel, he has a plan also for me and for you. So when we look at the text this morning, we will look at it this way. And we'll start again. Moses fled Egypt at 40 years old. You see, it doesn't matter how long you've been running from God. God will catch up with you in his own time. He was 40 years old. And after arriving in media in the came and starts shepherding Jethro's sheep. That, that seems kind of interesting because God prepares, going to prepare Moses to shepherd his people Israel. You see, you first know how to be a shepherd of animals before you can shepherd God's people. And so Moses got his uh, education all together. He's now 80 years old and God has a new mission for him. Although Moses knew God, he's about to experience God in a whole new way. You know, my friends, you may be saved today, saved, sanctified, as someone would say, filled with the Holy Ghost and all that, but you still haven't experienced God. We need to not only know him or know about him, we've got to know him intimately. You've got to experience him as he works in your life, and that's a day-to-day, hour-per-hour, week-per-week, and a month-to-month thing. But first, he must somehow come to grips with his doubts. He must first come to grips with the uncertainty of following the Lord's instruction. I'm so, I'm, as I was sharing this morning about our Bible study, we might have been saved. We might know Christ as our Lord and our Savior, but we don't know how to live for him. Why? It's not because you're ignorant. not because you don't have the ability. It's because you don't want to. You're unwilling to do it. We, 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 you see, my friends, although we know God our Savior because of doubt and uncertainty, we oftentimes become distracted in our service to the Lord. We become stale. We become lethargic in our walk with God. Because of some past sin, we feel washed up and unusable to God. I'm here to tell you that God, uh, he can have you do some re- uh, U-turns. G- God will have, can have you turn around if you're willing to turn around. I don't know about you, but how many of you say, well, I'm tired of being sick and tired of not following God, but God can work it out. And all you have to do is submit yourself to the Lord. You don't have to have a burning bush so you can get to talk with God. You can just call him. The Bible declares you can call his name. Just as the, the band was singing, call him up and you can tell him what you want. It's not that you are dictating to God, but you're calling up and says, God, just use me for your glory, your honor, and your praise. Perhaps we feel unusable. Perhaps Moses felt this way. Since God got Moses' attention, surely he has a way of getting our attention as well. Some of you already know you may be sitting here in person or online with us, and you know that God is trying to get your attention. You know that God has placed people and things in your ways that you will turn your face to the Lord. And not turn back away. We, 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 we actually forfeiting the blessing that God wants to share with us. Because now you're turning away from God instead of turning to God. Can I get a witness? 
We look again at verse 2, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. That'll get anybody's attention. Then Moses said, I will not turn. You see, when God began to make an effort to get your attention, finally something clicked in you. I better turn around and check this out. I don't know if I need to call the fire department or what, but I need to check it out. But God said, you don't have to do that. I'm here. And so when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And Moses answered, here I am, Lord. I wonder when you're going to say, here I am, Lord. I wonder when you'll be convicted by the power of the Spirit of God. You'll convince that God is speaking to you, and you'll say, Lord, here I am. Use me. Too many of us are afraid, or not, not so much afraid, but we in doubt that, that God can do what God can do. And at this point, God has Moses' full attention. Then he reintroduces himself to Moses and shares with him his purpose for this extraordinary visit. Do you know that God has a purpose for you? Do you know that God has got a purpose for you? God has a purpose for all of us. We're just not here just wasting time. We're not here just consuming the air. God has a purpose. If you know Christ today, he has a purpose. If you don't know Christ, he has a purpose. And that purpose is, first of all, you need to get Christ in your life as Lord and Savior. And then you can hear from him. Then you can begin to serve him. At this point, Moses' attention was fully gathered. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. And I've heard their cry before uh, because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. You see, the Israelites had been waiting for a long time. As a matter of fact, before Moses actually went through the whole thing and, and God delivered them, they were there for more than 400 years. They had been praying and calling on God for a long time as they were going through their sorrows. They were going through all the things that were being pressed upon them. Many of you are going through your sorrows and the things that are happening to you, and yet you won't call on God. Why don't you call him? He'll answer you and show you great and mighty things that you do not know. Somebody ought to call him today. You don't have to get on your cell phone. You don't have to do any of that. You don't have to have no other device but just your heart and your mind and your mouth and say, God, I'm here. I need you. My life is all upside down, and I don't know which way to go. Yes, Lord, I've been, I've been aborting you. But I didn't want to change. But I know that you'll work it out. So I have come down, he says. Think about that. I have come down. In verse 10, he says, come now, therefore. Now, he gives Moses his charge. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. God has called us, all of us, ministers or not, who are saved, to go and deliver his people. What do you mean? He's called us to go tell somebody about the goodness of the Lord. There are enough folk in your house that you can, if you're saved, there's enough folks in your house that you can say, listen, you need not only just go to church, we need to get Jesus. But how many of you are afraid? Stop being afraid. God says you don't have to have any fear because I'm with you. But we ignore him, don't we? The Lord said, I have come down. Think about God. God is awesome. He's the God of the universe. He's the only God. To say that he has come down, he's serious. 
When God said, I come, he's real serious. I come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptian. And then why? To bring them up from that land to a good land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to another place. And now, my friends, at this point, God commissions Moses to go to Pharaoh seeking the release of God's people. In verse 9, the phrase, I have come down, is an expression describing divine intervention. Don't you know that God is trying to intervene in the lives of our, of our lives right now? How many of you don't know God, whether you're online or in this in-person worship? You really don't know God. I mean, you have the, the, the facade that you know God. You, you kind of walk like you're a Christian. I don't know what that is. You kind of look like, I don't know what that is either. You even carry your Bible in a certain way. You ain't fooling nobody. You may have it on your phone, on your pad like this. You ain't fooling nobody. Unless you got this word right here, it don't matter. You got to have the word of God in your hearts. God is just waiting on you. Amen? He's just waiting on you. God is an awesome God, and he's just waiting on us. He has our attention. And so when God says he come down with this expression, it's divine individual. The Lord spoke similar words in John 10.10. Listen to what John said, and this is Jesus' words. I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. Jesus has come. He's actually echoing the same words that the Father at that time for this day, that he has come Born of a virgin, he has come. Lived a sinless life, he has come. To be crucified on a cross, he has come. As a atoning sacrifice for all of us, he said, I have come that you may have life. Oftentimes, people in this, in this culture make you feel like you're really living. You're just existing. But when you come to Christ as Savior and Lord of your life, now you're not only existing, you are living because the Bible says it. The Savior said it. I have come that they may have life. Not just life, but life more abundantly. Somebody who knows Jesus ought to say amen. God's deliverance includes his presence. The Bible declares that the moment of salvation, that the Spirit of God comes into our, into our hearts, and now we have God in us. It's sort of like the Lord's name, Emmanuel, God with us. We don't have to worry about being absent. God is with us. Going through your tough days and your bad days and those other days, God is still with you. Going when you don't know what to do, how to do, God is still with you. When you know that things are against you and you can't seem to make your way, God is with you. And he promised I'll never leave you nor forsake you. You see, my friend, God's deliverance includes his presence. He said, I will come to deliver them. Jesus said, I'll come and deliver you today if you trust me as your Savior. But he came to deliver them and free them from slavery and resettle them in a rich and prosperous land that will be theirs for generations to come. Jesus has promised us in John, he says, that he's, he's gone away to build us mansions, not in the sky, but in heaven. In heaven, there's a mansion for all the saved folk. You don't have to worry about no neighbors and people keeping up too much racket because everybody's going to be praising Jesus. Oh, y'all not feeling me this morning. 
But Moses continues his unwillingness to serve. Seemingly, he's unsure. How many of you are unsure? Let me talk to the saved people. Why are you unsure about serving the Lord? Why are you unsure about giving to the Lord? Why are you unsure about worshiping God? We worship everything else but God. I'm talking to the saved people. I'm talking to you that say that you say that you know Jesus. Well, why are you unsure and why are you unwillingly to do it? Well, I got so much on my plate. Well, so does everybody else. But you see, you got to make time for the Lord. Are anybody with me? Even when you began to try to pray, here come the devil putting all kind of thoughts in your head. You know you forgot to get the groceries. You forgot to take the garbage out. You forgot to let the dog out and the cat. We got to make time for the Lord. We say we're too busy to come to Bible study. If you're too busy, friend, then you're really too busy for God. What happens when everything falls to pieces? The first words out of your heart and out of your mouth is Jesus. Lord, help me. But what about the help when you were all well? What about the help when you were doing well and doing good? Shopping and having a wonderful time. Ain't nothing wrong with some shopping. But you ought to have time for God. Can you spend an hour and a half with God? Y'all think, well, that's just too long. Well, hell is longer than that. You see, we got to have the Lord. If we, we come, you see, that's something I just want to share with you. This is me, not in my notes. When we come to worship the Lord, we ought to let everybody know. If they can hear outside this building, if they're just walking by, if the kids from the neighborhood just be walking by, they ought to hear us hollering, praising Jesus. Why? Because they get so excited. Go, What's going on in there? I wonder, can I get in? And they'll see someone at the door and say, come on in. And watch God work in their lives. We don't believe God. We don't believe they can do stuff. We think this is old and antiquated. No, it's not. It is alive as we are. And it's as present as we are. If God said it, that's it. Moses finally figured that out later on. So he continues his unwillingness to serve just like some of you. Seemingly, he's unsure, just like some of you. Perhaps his faith in God is wavering. Maybe that's some of you all. We don't seem to have faith and trust in him. When everything is going good, you don't really need faith because it's going real good. What if it starts going downhill? You begin to wonder, I wonder, is God real? I want to let you know something, a little secret. Yes, he's real. He's real in my heart. He's real to me. The old song said, I woke up this morning with my mind stayed on Jesus. You see, when you can do that, I mean, they know, you just get out the bed. You thank you that I put my feet on the floor. Thank you that I can move my arm. Thank you, thank you, because you're just so good, Lord. Now we begin to understand. Perhaps his faith in God was waving. He, he gives five. This is the meat I want you to get today. He, he, he has five objections for not following God. Five. 
I can understand two or three, but he has five. How many objections do you have for not following God? Let's get to it. The first objection. But Moses said to God, who am I? Now, see, Moses come from this princely line. And, and, and Moses is, is, is already God's man. But he, he has this objection. So God says, listen, who, Moses says, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? And that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. Who am I to go? Some of y'all got them same words. Moses was, was God's choice for this most important task. It appears that Moses has no confidence in God. The dark shadow of doubt has blinded his mind and drained his heart from trusting in the Lord. And then the Lord replied this way in verse 12. So he said, I will certainly be with you. How much more assurance do one need when God says to you and me, I will be with you. And this shall be a sign. Now God gives him some, some more stuff. And this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, his second objection, but Moses seem, doesn't seem to hear what the Lord is saying. God promises Moses his constant, never-ending presence to show his unwi- this unwilling, his unwilling servant. Then Moses gave the Lord his second objection. Then Moses said to God, indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? I know we're looking backwards at it. I mean, we're kind of forward. And I don't know, maybe I'm just weird. But if they ask me that, Jesus sent me, what do you want? You know God sent me. Y'all stop talking like that. Come on here. Y'all walk with me. We're going to talk to Pharaoh. We already prayed about it. Let's go do it. Well, that's what I probably would have said. But Moses wasn't like that. This is what God tells Moses. Tell them, Moses, this. He's talking about the, to the people of God. I am who I am. And he said, thus, you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. You see, the Jews understood those words. They understood when he said, I am. They they knew that. The phrase, I am who I am, means I am the one who is and who will be. The name for God, it points out, this name for God points to his self-existence. You see, there was no, listen, listen folk, I, I know some of y'all are pretty smart, probably smarter than me. Amen, that's all good. I don't care what the scientists say. There is no big bang theory. God is the big bang. Oh, they're trying to tell you all this stuff. I understand that. They're, they're doing some, other, uh, that's good. But what God is, before there was anything that was God, they got this big old telescope, y'all heard, right? How you called billions of dollars. <laughs> I could have saved them some money. <laughs> Amen. And they're going to go way out to the space. And they said that they're gonna, you can see the beginning of time. <laughs> I can't tell you what I want to say. <laughs> Amen. I'm in church. Praise the Lord. But to make it nice, 
not going to happen. I, I'm not saying that science doesn't work. I'm not saying that. Science is wonderful. God gave it to us. But I believe in the self-existent, the all-existent God. And there is no other God. We got to get it in our hearts and our minds. People got all kinds of gods today. But unless his name is Jesus, I can't call it. Moses gives his third objection. From verse chapter 4, verses 1, 10, and 13. Verse 1 in chapter 4. Then Moses answered and said, but suppose, here we go again. But, but suppose they won't believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say, they say, the Lord has not appeared to you. You see, dear friends, even now, if you're so disposed to, if you're encouraged enough, that God is speaking to your heart to talk to X person about Jesus Christ to let them know that God saves. They will ask you and me those same kinds of questions. You don't say anything about I suppose. No, don't. You say the Lord says. You get real technical and say, you know, the Bible says. How about that? But maybe we are unwilling to serve the Lord. Twice Moses, others suppose. They will not. I suppose they say. This is a clear sign that he has been uh, overcome with fear and doubt. God has not given his people this fear. He gave us a power of a sound mind. He didn't give us fear. Whenever we're afraid, we call on the Lord. Lord, I know you said it. I'm going to walk in faith and trust you. I can't see it myself. But I believe that you sent me. I believe that you're going to do it. So I'm walking in faith and trusting you that you'll work it out. I know I can't see it in my own eyes, but, but I believe in my heart that, that you, God, already ordained it. So, so I'm walking in the Spirit of the Lord and in faith. How many of you want to walk in faith? The Lord goes beyond Moses' objections by giving him three signs to convince him. Now, you know God doesn't seem to do that too much in our day. Because we walk by faith, not by sight. But he's working with Moses in a unique and special way. So Moses needs a little bit more help, I suppose. And so God gives him three more things. And actually, they are signs. Signs are miracles in this sense. The first one, he says, what is in your hand? Moses said, it's a rod. He said, throw it down on the ground. He threw the rod down and it turned to a snake or a serpent. And Moses said, hey, watch out now. The Lord said, it's all right. Pick it up by the tail. That was the first sign. And then he said to him, now put your hand in your bosom. And when he brought it out, it was leprous. And he said, put it back in there. And he brought it out, and it was all good again. Oh, you're talking about a God. But oh, that ain't the, that, that's not the one that really got it. And so God said, give me, give me a cup of that water out of the now here. My translation. And he, he said, now pour it on the ground. And he poured the water out and it became blood. Woo! God is somebody. I think I'd have left when I saw the snake. Amen. God had already worked it out. And then in verse 9, and it shall be if they do not believe even these signs, or two signs he said at this time, or listen to your voice, that you, may, that you shall take water from the river, as we just talked about, and pour it on the ground, and it turns into blood. Third sign. 
And now the fourth objection in verse 10, chapter 4, verse 10. Then Moses said to the Lord, oh, my Lord, I'm not eloquent. I can hear God say, really? Are you kidding me? I'm not eloquent. Neither before, uh, neither before nor since you have spoken to me, to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. You know, I thought about the first part in, in, in Exodus when Moses was in Egypt and he was grown up in the palace. They were teaching him all the uh, things of Egypt. They were prompting him to be a prince in Egypt. So, of course, this nullifies his saying he's not eloquent. It nullifies that he, you know, his, uh, his thought that he couldn't speak well, that he's slow of tongue. Nonsense. God knew all of that. But so the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Who, who's in here? Who's a child of God in here that you're afraid to go tell somebody something about Jesus? We ought to all raise our hand. But you don't have to. Why? Because God made our mouth. God is the one by the spirit of God living in our hearts and our lives. He's the one that speaks to us. And we speak to people. If they get mad, they get mad. If they say, take that Jesus and go somewhere else, you say, gladly, I sure will. You're just going to be out of it. God bless you. We won't say it to our family. We won't say it to our friends. He goes on, oh, who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? In other words, God is in full control. My friend, there's nothing that we need that God does not have. He doesn't, Dr. Richard said, he, he don't run out of nothing. He's got all the things worked out. And so in verse 12, he said, now, therefore, go. I think God was getting a little irritated. Go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall say. Finally, Moses' fifth objection. But he said, oh, my Lord, please send by the hand of whomever else you may send. <laughs> If I was God, I'd sure be mad by this time. Like, what do you want me to do? In other words, Lord, send somebody else. How often do we say that? Oh, you may not recognize it in my voice, but you know y'all be saying that. Lord, Lord, send, send the ministers. Y'all send the choir over there. Send, send Brother John. Y'all to do it. How we going to tell God to send somebody else when he's talking to us? And so the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, is not Aaron the Levite your brother? That here God gave him another shot. He said, I know that he can speak well. And look, he's also coming out to meet you. They hadn't met in about 40 years. Moses gave five objections, a reason as to why. Why he would not or could not follow the Lord. How many objections do we give to God? No, no, let me make it personal. How many objections have you given to God about serving him? Let me get on my favorite subject is money. Love some money. Amen. When God talks about giving to the church, we begin, I don't know about all that now, Lord. It's not to me. It's not, you see, it's for God to do what God wants to do. The deacons set up and they pray. Almost all of them almost say the same thing. That we may extend your kingdom here on earth, God. That you may bless the people. That you may bless this place. That you may bless the ministries. You may bless our children to get to know Christ. You may bless their families to get to come here and know the Lord. 
That's the long picture. The short picture is, oh, I don't know what they're going to do with my money. Well, it ain't your money. And God bless you to get it, but it ain't yours. Well, what if God said, listen, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I, I'm, 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 this is what I want you to give. I want you to give 90% and you take 10. Oh, we will have. Oh, it's the big one. Oh, we can't make it. Y'all, y'all think I'm kidding. Some of y'all like that. And online, y'all know what I'm saying. Listen, friends, of these five objections. However, something else was going on during this exchange between God and Moses. In, in case you hadn't noticed, it was a long-suffering or patience of God in dealing with his unwilling servant. Did you know that God, even right now, is long-suffering or patient with all of us? Not only is he patient with all of us, but those that are doing evil all over the place. God is patient. And he's trying to get them to turn. But his people, us, he's trying to get us to turn. How often God has been talking to you about doing what he wants you to do. And you be putting, Lord, look, I can't do it today. You know, I got three appointments. And I need to do this, that, and the other thing. Oh, yeah, Lord, I forgot I got to do this. You see, the moment God would have us to do something, we ought to get right in it and get to it. You see, because God will work out the time. And y'all not hearing me today. How many of us sitting in this place and then online are unwilling? Now, look, look at yourself. You look at yourself in the, in, in, the, in the spirit of your mind and see how unwilling you are to serve God. God is speaking to somebody today right now. You know what he's saying? He's saying, listen, you need to come and accept Christ as your Savior. How long have he been talking to you like that? Well, I won't bother y'all no more. I'm going to tell you what me. It was a long time. But finally, he got my attention. Finally, I said, I got to go. I've got to go to church. People have been talking to me for years, inviting me to church, inviting me to come and visit them and, and hear the gospel. Oh, no, man, look, I'm good. Our famous statement, oh, I'm good. Mm-hmm. But I tell you, God took care of it. One day he called me, and I went. And I'm never, ever going to be sorry because he blessed me. Because he's patient. The long word is he's long-suffering. The Lord God of heaven is long-suffering or patient with you and me. For those of you who know Christ right now like you knew, like Moses knew God, that, that we know Christ is our Savior and Lord, how many reasons have you given to God for not following him? You, you count them up, and then you go to God and ask for forgiveness and ask God to bless you. How many times has the Lord spoken to your heart about worshiping him, about serving him, about giving to him of your time, your talent, and your treasure? When will you stop doubting and start believing? For those of you who do not know the Lord, whether online today or in, in person worship, What's keeping you from submitting yourself to God? Fear? Doubt? 
unwillingness? What is it? What's keeping you from trusting him as Savior and Lord? How many times has the Lord spoken to your heart about turning from your sins and turning to God? Lord, I'm going to get with it when I get my life together. I'm going to get with it with my family right. No, you need to get right. Then your family can get right. My friends, you must not wait for a more opportune time, a more convenient time. It's time to throw off your doubts, your unwillingness, and come to Christ. Today, as God's Spirit moves on your heart, I want you to come and ask the Lord to forgive you your sins and trust him as Savior and Lord of your life. Come willingly to the Savior. Why don't you come? Thank you so much for your attendance and your support of the podcast. We do hope to see you again or hear you again or even talk to me again. And we love you. Thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you.